Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's PHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, PHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's PHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, PHP, Town Hall. Hey, welcome to episode 31 of the PHP Town Hall. It's our first one in a while, so I hope you're as excited as we are, because we're very, very prepared today. We have uh, Ben Edmonds, as always, along with Phil Sturgeon. And we're joined by Matt Frost and Kayla Daniels, both recurring guests, but they have never been on at the same time. So this is going to be crazy. Say hey, Matt. What's up? And Kayla. Hi. All right. How about a little intro to yourselves in case uh, people have not heard your old episodes, even though they would be very crazy if we're not listening. So, Matt, who are you? Why do we care? Um, I'm Matt. I guess this is my third time on, isn't it? Wow. I think it's my third That's time. Horrible. I know. I know you guys need to find better guests. Um, <laughs> I actually work with Ben. Uh, yeah. PHP guy learning some JavaScript now. Um, wrote an OAuth book that you should buy when it comes out. And if you don't get that stuff, then you probably shouldn't care about who I am. So there you go. Most people probably know Matt by his beard. That is his. It, yeah. Yeah. It has its own Twitter account. I found. <laughs> All right, uh, Kayla, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a PHP developer and uh, more recently a speaker at conferences and such. Um, I'm the author of the Code Manifesto and um, very recently the host of No Capes, which is a web series that we're doing every two weeks. Nice. That's actually uh, something I want to talk about. So give us a little intro on what No Capes is. Sure. So the idea is, um, I've talked to a lot of people and myself when I was just getting in the community, and you look out and you see Taylor Otwells and um, Phil Sturgeons and Igors, and they kind of get put on pedestals, um, like Ross Tuck for speaking, and, and you think like, wow, these people are so amazing and I can never be that good. And in reality, when you meet these people, um, they're really no better or worse than the rest of us. They're just really passionate about what they do. Um, so no capes is an effort to uncape them, kind of take them off that pedestal and um, help empower the community to realize that we're all equally capable of doing great things. And uh, also kind of my selfish urge to glean some of their wisdom by making them come on my web series. So you're trying to take away my cape and my pedestal at the same time? Yes. Uh, can I wear a cape afterwards, or is it just no cape during during the interview? What if I always wear a cape? Yeah. yeah it'd be weird to see without a cape. It'd be kind of hypocritical. You can keep your unicorn, though, Phil, if you really want to. Good. If I get rid of the new unicorn, then uh, Zach Kitzmiller will be really, uh, really upset. Um... <laughs> No, it's it's a really good uh, it's a good show that I haven't had a chance to look at much yet, but I've heard a lot of people excited about it, and you've got some great guests on there. So, uh, what gave you the idea to to start doing their capes? Um, 
Watching Ross Tuck speak was uh, one of the things. And then meeting him in person and realizing that he was really down to earth. Um, I had uh, the same experience when I went to Laracon, New York, and I met Taylor Atwell for the first time. And, you know, he's Taylor Atwell, and he wrote Laravel. And so clearly, his fingers must be made of gold. Uh, but then you meet him in person, and he's, he's a person. And so between meeting those two people that I personally really look up to, and then interfacing online with a lot of people that I look up to, um, I realized that they're just people, and we can all learn a lot from them. But I think we can learn a lot primarily just from realizing that they're people just like us. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, pardon me, I'm eating celery for some reason. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, one of the one of the problems in the community is this hero worship thing. And it's, uh, hero worship is another thing that leads to tribal stuff as well. Like, everyone has their hero, and they're the, they're the leader of the certain tribe that they happen to subscribe to. And um, they see that, that hero fight with the other hero, and then those two tribes have to hate each other because those two people are fighting, right? So you get all these people that like these Laravel fans that are complaining about um, about Aura PHP, even though they've never used Aura PHP in their life, but they saw Taylor and Paul scream at each other, and now they they decide that they have to hate each other because because Daddy and Daddy were fighting. So um, tr- trying to get away from this concept where like you all have to fight, you know decaping de- 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 the heroes and making them just normal people that have opinions and talk about stuff is is a great step on the way to try and solve some of the tribal issues that we still have. We still have, despite the fig working so hard to, to kind of break down these barriers, we still have this tribal shit. Um, and it is a, it's a good step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun so far. We've done two episodes. Next one's coming up um, next Tuesday with Erica Heidi uh, Ronaldo, who I'm really, really excited to talk about. Yep. Thank you so much to me about that. It's September 30th, right? Mm-hmm. Sweet. How do you know their schedule and you don't know our schedule, Phil? <laughs> because I plan my schedule out. It's all online. We're booked out through like May. That's crazy. Wow. We, need, we need your assistance. Well, yeah. enough, I, I logged in trying to set this up about 10 minutes before we meant to air, as per usual. Um, and then right up there on, on Google Plus, it said, <laughs> by the way, no capes is happening on September 30th. I was like, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Google. Um, but yeah, our schedule has been awful. Uh, I've been literally all over the place, which which I guess brings us on to the next conversation of what the hell's been going on with my visa, because that seems like it's been a good source of entertainment for a large chunk of the PHP community, right? <laughs> so here's a question. Does your visa have its own Twitter account yet? <laughs> it probably... <laughs> Phil's visa. <laughs> um, it's happening right now. <laughs> it, there, needs to be a, there needs to be a bot which just has that one meme of a squid running away saying, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, uh, no, more on the concept of the Twitter accounts, did you see Phil's kidney? That was pretty good. That was a good one. I forgot that existed. Um, <laughs> again, everyone, everyone assumes that these Twitter accounts are me, and they're not. I've never set up a parody account in my life. Apart from that. for a PHP jerk. We all know that one's you. Yeah. No, just because his name's Philip does not mean I am not the only Philip in the world. That's not how it works. And he happens to have the same writing style and blogs about topics <laughs> that no one else gives a shit about. I, <laughs> what's hilarious is that no one else will ever believe that that's not me. Um, if it was me, I'd be like, ah, I did a funny troll. Um, I am happy to admit that I was involved with WorstCon, where we set up loads of um, uh, uh, an organization and trolled various different, uh, different GitHub organizations by renaming their entire project to WorstPress. Worst igniter, Lara worst. That was great. I don't mind Slim, putting my name on that. Slim worst. 
Slim Worst was great. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put my name all over that shit and I'll tweet about it. If I do something funny, I cannot be like, hey, look at how funny I am. But PHP Jet was not me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Right, sure. Okay. So tell us about this visa situation. Right. So the reason that the uh, PHP Town Hall has been pretty shoddy on the schedule is that um, uh, back in April, my visa ran out and I had to go home and get a new visa. So whilst I was waiting for that, I was traveling around and we did a podcast here and there, but it was a bit slow. Um, I finally came back to America with my brand new shiny O1 visa, which is the alien of extraordinary ability. And that's usually reserved for people that are really good at something. Or apparently, if you're a developer, then they don't know enough about tech to actually say that's not extraordinary. You just know how PHP works. But either way, they gave me a visa and that was convenient. Um, And then three weeks after I came back into the country, the company I was working for went bankrupt and invalidated my visa. Uh, then I went to Spain to speak at a conference. And when I came back, I had to come back on a holiday visa. And now I'm in the country on holiday, staying in my apartment, and I'm not legally allowed to work. So the last couple of months, the last um, two, three months have been ridiculous and awful. But um, now I have a new job. I have a new job that starts October 6th. And I'm working for a company called Ride, which doesn't sound very exciting when I explain it. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a B2B carpooling system, uh, service, which... Um, but what it is, is basically, if you work for a company and you have employees spread out all over the place, all over a different city, um, then you can they can all install the application. Uh, it will be something that... Uh, incentive that the actual company pushes themselves, I suppose, which... Um, which basically says, okay, we've got four people in this suburb. They all work on the same days or have the same kind of start time. So we're going to, this one's a driver. These three people are going to carpool. And then you can email through the app and you can um, share, share money and track how many miles are done. So for, you can charge for gas and all that sort of shit. So um, that's the, that's the next project. And the benefit is that company has been running for 20 years. So, I don't have to worry about it vanishing next week. <laughs> um, I just noticed that Ben's gone. Uh, I'm not sure if he's bored, but uh, but yeah, Matt, um, that, doesn't that sound like fun? Aren't you glad that you're just an actual American, so you don't have to worry about yeah. all this sort of bullshit? Yeah, you know, it, it's gotten a little bit different. It's funny because you know, I've obviously I've I've always been an American. I grew up here, and now it's like there was a point a couple years ago where I was actually considering moving like overseas and like relocating my whole family overseas. And uh, that didn't work out. A lot of things with that didn't work out, but uh, I ended up going from Chicago to Cleveland. So I don't know how excited about the whole uh, American thing. I really am. What was the, what was the move to Cleveland for? My kids moved out here with their mom and I was kind of, you know, in Northwest Indiana by myself. And I figured, it'd probably be pretty good to be like uh, an involved dad. So I moved out so I could spend some time with the kids. That's why I'm all spiffy tonight. I took my daughter on a date. <laughs> Nicely done. Well done. Yeah. So we had a good time. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So yeah, being Americans. All right. I guess <laughs> it does help <laughs> to, um, answer, to answer your question. Wasn't exactly a wonderful question. Um, <laughs> but no, it's um, it, Kayla. Have you ever looked into trying to like work or move to a different country? Yeah, so I'm currently moderately obsessed with moving to the Netherlands because it's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. I fell in love with Amsterdam when I went there for Laracon, so I think that happened. I have to wait like 
two more years until my husband's out of school, which might give me enough time to save up some pennies to afford to moving across the ocean. Yeah, so what's, what's involved with moving? What would you have to do? Um, well, we have a lot of crap. So it's either get rid of the crap or pack it somehow. I recommend getting rid of the crap. I love getting rid of the crap. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that too. We also yeah. have two new cars that we bought like six months ago. So that's what bridges are for. Or get rid of the cars. I don't know. Um, and my car is actually a really cute little hatchback Ford Focus. It's very European, so it would fit in over there. <laughs> you just ship it. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, but then how much does that cost? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. How much does shipping a car cost? Well, shipping a bike costs about $300, so I can't imagine a car's going to be much less. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking it'd be like five grand. Yeah, it's, it's going to be around there somewhere. You have to get like a whole shipping container for it and shove it on one of those massive ships. <laughs> but if you, if I looked at doing it from the West Coast to the East Coast to the U.S., and it was like $1,000. So I can imagine overseas. Yeah, on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, everything that I read online, it said save like twenty grand to cover all moving expenses. So yeah, damn. I'm glad I didn't do it. I'm sure it would be cheaper if I was like single and didn't have kids, and I could just you know pack an knapsack or something. It's those pesky kids. They're always causing trouble. Exactly. Yeah. What about ship them too? Just put them in the car and ship the car. Smoke some holes in the box. They'll be fine. As long as they have a Cheers. as long as they have a car seat, they'll be fine. Throw the windows down yeah. a little bit. Kind of <laughs> Poke some holes in the shipping container. Well, uh, knowing the you children are so expensive. Kids. <laughs> right. I was going to say that's why I very cleverly managed to um, not stay in a relationship long enough to actually have any. It's all been a very clever plan um, to just be completely unmanageable as a boyfriend. Um, <laughs> From what I understand, though. The actual having of children only doesn't really take that long. So, uh, yeah, true. From what I know from science and biology, which is not which isn't much, um, <laughs> the, the stalk delivers them uh, in a bag, and then you just have them forever. Is what I, know. I think you can get them on Amazon Prime now. Get the, <laughs> get the free two-day shipping. They deliver- delivered via drone. <laughs> the drone. It, the drone. How is awesome dressed- would that be? The drone is dressed up like a stork, I understand. Yeah, that's that's how it works. The, the drone drops the baby out of the sky and it has a parachute, like the stork, so you get a little bit of both worlds there. Right. Very retro. Yeah. Science. Yeah, so let's if anyone that works at Amazon is, is listening, let's let's make that happen. Yeah. Right, moving on. Matt, <laughs> tell us about WorstCon. You were involved with organizing the first fake conference I've ever attended. Yeah, it was um yeah, so my organization kind of with it was came up with the idea. Like we had talked about hot dogs a little bit at tech this year and I had raved and raved about how awesome of a restaurant it was and how good the food was. And Jeremy just kind of came to me one day and was like, Hey, let's do a conference. And you know, Jeremy has that, uh, that fervor and that excitement. So he, he took care of a lot of, uh, you know, getting the word out and getting people, excited uh and or annoyed by it and um yeah so my involvement was was actually pretty uh like i got to come up with the idea and then just kind of kick back while all you new york new jersey people kind of did all the work so that was pretty cool yeah what i really enjoyed about it was um i i heard about WorstCon when i was out with um jeremy mccola and um a few other people we were at a random bar and um they talked about it and said do you want to come along to WorstCon?" and i was like what the hell is that 
And they said, well, we're just going to drive from New York to Chicago and then eat hot dogs and then drive home. And I was like, okay, what's, what costs are involved? And they said, ah, well, gas is covered. Um, so you just got to turn up and just drink some beers. I was like, I can do that. I'm unemployed. So <laughs> You're like, I've been training for this for years. <laughs> yeah, you were like well prepared. No, yeah. but the, the thing that sucked for me was, you know, like everybody had got together in, uh, in Madison the week before or whatever at the conference and had done all this really good planning and, um, Madison I, PHP, you have to name yeah. the full, full names of things. Okay. In Madison PHP conference. And, uh, I had actually driven in to Northwest Indiana where I grew up, uh, a week before. So I was out the Saturday before worst con. And my biggest regret was not, not being more proactive and meeting you guys up there Friday night. I ended up uh, going up late. I actually, I got in around the same time as you guys did, but I was just really uncoordinated and un- unorganized. And so I ended up just going out with my sister and uh, drinking a lot of beer and that was fun. But I, I did kind of regret not being, uh, not being able to get a chocolate shake at the Wiener circle. And we, we can't talk about the chocolate shake. That's, that's not acceptable. Well, I, okay. Um, Michaela, what happened? I, I saw something about you might might be coming to join us, and then and then you remembered you had kids or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm a horrible mother, and I totally forgot that my youngest son's birthday was that weekend. So, in lieu of all of you fellas dressing up as the Ninja Turtles, uh, we <laughs> opted to have a birthday party and uh, go to the beach instead. So I was at the beach while you guys were standing in line for sausage. For, for I'm sure Jeremy offered to be a turtle, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> yeah we we would have done it. We stood in line for eight hours with hot dogs on our head. And dressing up like a ninja turtle would have actually been a step up. Yeah. But we did get free beers. Uh, free, Sorry, free, free sodas. Yeah. So I bought this $12.50 hat, wore it on my head on a very hot and then very wet day for eight hours. And then eventually I got two fifty off a drink. So I felt like really that was a wise investment. Um, but, but how was the food? Because because I want to hear from you. I know how yeah. I felt. You know, I, I've been there a few times. Uh, so, what did you think of the food? So what I would say is that anyone listening to this should go and list, uh, should go and subscribe to the Worst Con website or follow it on Twitter or something because you need to go there next year um, because the, oh you can't hot dogs won't be there anymore next year will it? You missed <laughs> no. out. The food there is so goddamn good, but you'll have to find somewhere else that's almost as good. There's um, there, no, no such place exists. No, it's, it was amazing. I had a rattlesnake hot dog. I had foie gras on on a hot dog, which was awful, but it was it was interesting. Um, and there was there was all sorts of stuff. It was it was brilliant. There was an alligator. Yeah, was, I had that. And the whole time we were learning about PHP, we had a we had a hack. Um, we had a hackathon in the rain with umbrellas being held up. <laughs> Um, we, we learn about, uh, what do we learn about? We learn about composer a bit. We learned yeah. about, um, I, I did, I did an OAuth talk that was basically like, Hey guys, I have an OAuth talk. And then everyone kind of got disinterested and walked away. Right. And the whole time we were surrounded by people that had no idea what we were talking about and really yeah. wanted us to shut up. Yeah. They were pretty awesome though. We had some pretty awesome line mates. Yeah. There was a, that, that girl that followed, like that followed the whole hashtag and then came, uh, it was like. No one knew her, but she had been following the hashtag on Twitter and like came into line and met us and was like talking to us and it was like our first like groupie. We had no, we had a fan club. Seriously, we we got yeah. there. 
we got there at first and I'm just walking down the line minding my business and sh- somebody just shouted, hey, it's worse, Con. <laughs> just because they recognize the hats and they've been following us on Twitter the entire time. They're like, worse Con's on the bus. Worse Con's walking to the venue. Worse Con's on a train. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, so, yes, there's also going to be Chowder Con. Someone's doing Chowder Con. Chowder. Um, Chowder. Chowder Con. Is this in Boston, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen. There's actually actually a really good hot dog place in Boston, too. You wouldn't think it, but there is. I want to say it's called, like, Speeds or something like that. Thanks for telling me two weeks ago. I was waiting until you got back. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, but that's ChowdaCon, so we can leave the worst out of that. So when are we having burrito con, Matt? Um... Like every day for the next three weeks. I had one tonight. It's just it continues until you can't fit in your door anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically eating burritos and drinking beer for like six months, and then going on disability because you can't move. Nice. There's actually a really good. If you ever get down into my neck of the woods, there's this really great burrito place in Wilmington. That's where my grandpa lives. I actually do get down there sometimes. Have you ever been to Flaming Amy's? I have not. Oh, it's amazing. They have the best burritos. I, when I go when I go down that way, I always get seafood because the seafood in Cleveland, like the fish, all have like five eyes. Oh. Yeah, for reals. Um, yeah. But no, we went to this place called Fishy Bites down there. It's like in a strip mall, and we just got this like basket full of like assorted seafood. A strip mall does not make me think it's Dude. fresh. It was awesome. I don't know if it was fresh or not. I didn't get sick and it tasted good, so I was cool. All right, then. I'm pretty easy to please in that regard. So, so far, I don't think we've mentioned anything about PHP or anything useful or constructive once. This uh, is going to be our no, we, most we talked popular about, episode. <laughs> we talked about no capes. That was constructive. That was good. Um, <laughs> Kayla, um, would you like to talk about your um, your introduction and involvement with the PHP League and how that's been going so far? And also tell us about OmniPay a bit as well. Sure, yeah. So I have recently taken over um, maintenance of OmniPay. And as part of that, it's being moved to the PHP League, which is awesome. Um, and OmniPay is a collection of 30 different libraries that... Um, aim to abstract out all the heartache we have with payment processing through different gateways. So, for instance, you have like PayPal and Stripe and Rabobank and a lot of other foreign gateways that I've never personally used um, that all operate under the same API. So, it allows you to have a more intuitive API for one. I, I much prefer it to the other gateways I've tried to use. Um, and also, if for some reason down the line your your application decides to switch what gateway you're going to, it becomes an implementation detail as opposed to an entire overhaul. So it's really nice. So, uh, what actually I was about to ask you what alternatives there are out there. Um, as a weird twist of fate, the guests that we were supposed to have on earlier was um, Calvin Froedge um, and his girlfriend Heidi. Um, uh, Calvin Froedge was the maintainer of the only reasonable alternative to OmniPay. Um, and then he unfortunately abandoned the project a while ago. Um, so at the time, I only knew of PHP Payments and OmniPay. And now one of them's gone and the other one's being maintained by us, the PHP League. Um, and I thought it was quite a funny twist of fate that those two people happened to be on this same hangout in the same evening. 
but um, Calvin had to, to go elsewhere. But um, apart from PHP payments, do you know any other alternatives out there that, pardon me, that handle multiple payment gateways, uh, gateways with the same interface? And are, are there any out there that are terrible, or are there just none out there? Um, well, when I found OmniPay, it was actually you who introduced me to OmniPay. Um, it was revolutionary for me because I had, at that point, done a couple different gateways. Um, I think I'd used Authorize.net and Braintree and PayPal. Um, and I'd never found anything like this. So if there is something out there, I'd love to hear about it. But as of yet, I don't know about it. Well, there we go. Um, and Matt, are you are you currently doing anything with the PHP League? I think you were meant to be maintaining the Twitter library, and then we both gave up on it. Yeah, yeah. We I think we like took a week or I don't know two. Maybe it was two weeks. We just went through and like converted all those Python accessor methods to php and i think by like the end of six or seven days i was ready to blow my brains out because <laughs> it was just i mean you know it was like i think the the biggest one i think had like 56 accessor methods in it uh, i mean it was a straight port from the python one was what was the goal of it i had actually done some other kind of like twitter things on the side like myself so I had an interest in doing it. And then, I mean, I got really good at all the Vim shortcuts during that. Cause I was just, man, I was flying just like seven, you know, seven keystrokes and the whole thing's done. But uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of my involvement. I looked at some of the uh, OAuth stuff that uh, Alex had done. I think Ben did the one, one client, Ben Corlett. Oh yeah. So I had yeah. been looking at, I, I don't know if there's any, uh, you know, any needs there? I, I thought I had heard something with the OAuth two something or other needed some yeah some, both uh, some both something but OAuth one client and OAuth two client are both kind of on uh, on Alex's rewrite list. But getting okay. o, getting OAuth two server out the door has taken about a year longer than expected. So uh, okay, had a chance to work on those so well. Um, yeah, the trouble with with Twitter actually, it's a really interesting project. I started off trying to do that by basically. I've been working with uh, the Python Twitter library. There's two. There's one by Bear, and there's another one by somebody else. Um, and I honestly can't remember which one I took in the end, but I think it was the, the Bear Twitter client. And it was actually really good. It just worked really, really well. It worked. Every single uh, Twitter PHP piece of code I've worked with has just been a piece of shit. Has anyone found a Twitter library they enjoy working with that's not a complete piece of shit? Any hands? I mean, I I've written stuff that I like using better, but I kind of always stop at what I need. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's me tooting my own horn. It probably sucks, but <laughs> I'm right. I, you know I'm using it because it makes sense to me, which is usually a pretty general indication that it's a little off the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're building a little bit of code that just gets the job done, that's absolutely fine. But if you're someone that doesn't understand OAuth 1, which is a lot, most of the internet, if you're just trying to, at a very basic level, get something up and running, then you just want to be able to say, look, I've already got my access tokens because I've already been through the OAuth 1 flow. Um, here's my access token. Go and get me this information. Go and upload this, um, this you know, upload a, I want to post a status with some media. All of that stuff in every single class I've ever seen has just been really horrible. They've got yeah. this weird, weird mixture of like you know different classes you have to interface with, and um, I've seen like gaping security holes in some. In some of them, um, they have like file uploads that if you 
There was one that you could do something with. It, it used curl, and if you started off your message with um, with an app, it would try to upload an image to Twitter <laughs> instead of just like mention. There's all this bullshit that the people do, um, and they were just all really bad. So I, I looked at the Python one, and I thought, okay, this is a really good piece mm-hmm. of Python code. Let's try and convert it to PHP. And that was a really interesting project in itself because pretty yeah. much every single change when you convert something from Python to PHP. Most of it, apart from their weird ternary stuff, you're sitting there sobbing, going, "It's so much nicer in Python." I'm sorry, um, and things like their name parameters and their, yeah. their their syntax, their if statements, that so much of it was just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal working on it, but I don't know. I mean, I've got some Twitter code circulating out there somewhere, so I don't know. Maybe afterwards, I'll shoot you a link, and you can tell me if you think it sucks or not. Yeah. I mean, where where I stopped actually was um, we got to a, we got to the point where a lot of the arguments were requiring named parameters, and yeah. at, that, at that point it looked like PHP five point six might get named parameters. We talked about it on the show a few times, um, but we it never did. It got bumped back. It might be five seven. It might be seven, um, but we don't have named parameters. And until we do, there is no way that the API for that specific uh, Twitter client is recoverable. Yeah. So we'd have to delete it and start again. Yeah, the Python way of doing things doesn't work with the PHP way of doing. Well, things. somebody somebody had got really excited about it and jumped in and was going to write tests a, a while ago. I think my my kind of observation of the whole Py, uh, Python PHP Twitter thing was that uh, people got really excited to be involved for like a week, and then when they had to actually like work with it, then it was like. Oh no, man! Forget it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'll shoot you. I'll shoot you a link after after we're done, and I don't know. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. Sweet. Um. So, Kayla, uh, what is what is retry? So retry. So, have you not seen this? It's pretty awesome. It's awesome. It is a library that um, Igor wrote. Um, For those who don't know, Igor WowTrue on Twitter, he is our, he's basically PHP's resident CS professor. Yeah, that dude's insane. He's just awesome. I'm getting you the link real quick. Throw it in the chat so we can put it in the show notes, Kayla. I just, I pasted it in the chat. Um, So this is, this library is one file. And it's 19 lines long, and essentially it just retries your function X number of times. And someone, it's using a go-to, and somebody opened up an issue on GitHub asking, hey, why are you using go-to? How many comments does it have at this point? 185 comments on this issue over this go-to, not to mention uh, the amazing flame wars that were started on like Hacker News and Reddit over it. The best part really is it started, someone said, why are you doing this? And then Igor just like lays down some knowledge on how this works behind the scenes. And it's just like, I don't understand how he puts this much thought into a 19 line file. Because I would be like, I'll just use it for each. I don't really give a shit. But Whoa, guys, how many many comments are on this? Uh, okay, um, can we take a half hour break while I read this? <laughs> Jesus. So somebody's basically complaining it's about... A good time. Someone's complaining that GoTo was used, and then he's like, actually, they're fine, and then freaks out, and then kind of explains why. 
that kind of what yeah. happens? Yeah, he breaks it down. explains why I'm like this ridiculous, hey, this is what actually happens in the compiler craziness. Yeah, and here are like the opcodes that are raised. And he broke it down by like, if I had used a 4H for this, and if I had used a new while for this. And, uh, and he's even got examples of if I used 4 with empty, empty segments. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so uh, uh, there's been a couple of trolls in there. I don't know if they're trolls or just very retentive. Uh, there's some people that are deeply bothered to their core that he's using a goat. <laughs> there's a lot of people that have um, that have like a fundamental hatred of goto that don't fully understand it. Now I, I, I joke about it a few times, and um, I, I, I've made a, I mentioned on the on the podcast before that I made a branch which actually passes unit tests um where i basically if you use go to then it's th- it, it uh fatal errors and in the fatal error it has that xk xkcd comic that's actually in this issue thread uh, <laughs> and it just it just outputs that to the screen and says just don't try using it go to but that's pretty much done as a joke because i was bored um and a lot of people just truly hate it when they don't need to if you're doing procedural programming which isn't evil um, then a lot of the or procedural or functional programming, a lot of time go to can be very helpful. And as long as you aren't jumping between different files, which PHP won't let you do, then it's actually you know it's fine. Um, I else? think it comes back to to like flag waving. I mean, I don't think go to is inherently evil all the time, no matter what. Period. Yeah. There may be better choices in some cases, but in cases like this, it's fine, and there's no reason to light your torches and grab your pitchforks. Over four characters. But it's the internet. Someone has to. <laughs> oh, wow. You said there's a few trolls in here. Jose Gonzalez, known as Savant on Twitter, uh, one of the core developers for KPHP, and my drinking buddy that lives not too far away, he's in here. Of course, if there's a collection of trolls anyway, he's one of the first <laughs> people that's involved. <laughs> Hello, Jose. He was actually being nice and reasonable for yes. once. Yeah, yes. happens. <laughs> I think it's because his hair's back. It makes him more reasonable. <laughs> I think it's finally he's got it's because he's finally got a new apartment and he's not angry anymore. Um, <laughs> There's actually a comment on this that says, "Sorry, bro, do you even lift?" <laughs> That's so, a good comment. Ignoring yeah. ignoring the um, the trolley elements and that specific go to complaint. Um, what sort of thing have you used retry for anything yet, or have you just started looking at it, or what's what's going on? No, he released it last Friday, actually, so I have not used it for anything. Okay. And basically, it is the is the concept. If a uncaught exception happens, then it will keep trying. Is that how it works? Um, no, it actually it catches the exception. So, um, well, that's what I mean. So, if um, the example here they've got is like throw new runtime exception, never going to give you up. Um, so, if if there's a, a uh, exception that is run, uh, can't, can't use my words. So, so the way I read it is that it'll basically ignore exceptions until it hits the number of retries, and then it'll take your exception and run with it. Okay, Unless that makes sense. Handle. Yeah, what I was thinking is, in your function, if you if you can if you catch an exception, then that will be fine. But if it if it goes past your uh, callback and and then gets thrown above that, then the retry function itself will catch that and and then try to try it again. Does that make more sense? Yeah, so yeah, his, uh, his example use case is uh, network operations. So I'm trying to say something to a database or whatever, somewhere where your networks could pretty easily crap out on you. You might want to keep retrying until you get a, a positive, at least for a few tries. So yeah, uh, 
Uh, we're just watching Phil eat celery, which is a very <laughs> weird change from usually he just goes on beer at this point. I'm taking over for him there. Nice. Yeah, sorry, I was um, trying to take down some notes and, and actually do some sort of, you know, producer level level work of remembering what the fuck we were talking about for once. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've actually been sober for this whole podcast, so we, we might have decent notes this time. I've been sober for a whole day, mate. Weird. Wow. Weird. Yeah, so I've got a... a, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, okay, I did have one double gin on the way over to... to, uh, On on the way (laughs) back. Does that count? Does that not count in the world? Well, I'm not drunk. Um, No, I had a... You only had one. (laughs) I had a double gin on the way back. You only had one double. (laughs) (laughs) A gin, no less. Well, like I said, I'm trying to watch my weight. (laughs) No, uh, I was on the way back from the supermarket. I just bought myself loads of healthy food and healthy snacks. And I walked past the bar that my friend works at. And uh, so I thought I'd pop in and hang out with her for a quick, a quick gin. And then I could get on with the podcast. (laughs) A quick gin. (laughs) (laughs) No, so I have to do a charity bike ride. It's 175 miles over two days. And that happens in three days time. And I'm not at all ready for that. So you'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, if you go to, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. All the money goes directly to the um, uh, to supporting multiple sclerosis, um, and um, I've forgotten all the other information. But it, it's mostly uh, research and and supportive services. So um, hopefully they can just get rid of MS fairly soon, and that would all be done by the ten dollars that you donate. Um, <laughs> so there we go, little little pun. But um. As we move towards the end, has anyone got a a book, service, tool, package they'd like to recommend? Kayla's a little bit stuck here because she's already recommended Retry as something to check out. Um, but do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the group, even if it's something that you've done? Any anyone? Kayla, should we mention, uh, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, we can do that. It'll be fun. <laughs> that was really creepy how I just did that. She knows what I'm talking about. It's not cocaine, if anyone's wondering. That's not what that means. Yeah, no. Well, I'm out. Yeah, it's not? Do you want me to, or do you want to? Yeah, because I'm I'm falling apart here. So yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, Matt and I are building something called Dossier. Mostly Mm because that's a really fun word to say. How does pointing at your nose lead to Dossier? (laughs) That's what you do for, like, the secret... Mum's the word. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil knows. He's British. I'm going to do that on every podcast and see people just start spilling their secrets. Like, I mean, that one's <laughs> that or, you'll, or people will think you're a cokehead. Yeah, one of the yeah, two. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> um, <right>. Continue. <laughs> so, Dossier uh, is essentially a system that will allow speakers to um, kind of warehouse their talks and their abstracts for conferences that they're speaking at. So, um, if you are a speaker and you are replying to lots of CFPs, um, I personally have found that it's hard to keep all of my stuff in one place. And it'd be nice if I had a repository for that. So we're building such a repository for that um, with some good feedback from some people in the community. I will have some cool features like analytics coming in off of joined in. So you can see of your talks and your abstracts, which ones are the most popular, which ones are getting the most comments, the most feedback. Um, you'll also be able to do abstract versioning. So if you have a talk that like grows over time and the, the idea progresses, you can actually track that. Um, 
I want that. Yeah, and and we're uh, we're building an API first, so nice. we have an API that uh, feeds a Angular front end, uh, which is going to be really cool. And then uh, I can't speak for any other projects, but we're hoping that some other projects uh, end up with an API so that we can actually interface with them as well. For well, I was just thinking about some automated stuff. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd have the call for papers RSS feed set up. It then goes off to a URL and then tries and see if they have like there's that open open CFP that, yeah. um, that uh, Chris Hargis is working on. Yeah. So it'd be, amaz- it'd be amazing if you could just troll the RSS feed. It pops off and, and has a little look to see if it's open CFP. And if it is, just automatically submit for you. Well, I, can just, I can just sit here and mind my own business and then they're like, cool, you're selected. I'll be like, oh, selected for what? Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, open CFP. A little bit of conference you do not want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worse con. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the long, I mean, long running goal is that we'll be able to interface with some of these CFP systems. Yes. That's, I, that's icing on the cake. Our our primary goal is to have a really kick-ass, uh, you know, abstract talk repository that people can use. You know, I know some people keep them in Google Docs. Some people keep them in Evernote. You've kind of got people doing all these different strategies. So if uh, if what we end up doing ends up being, you know cool enough and has all the features that people would actually like and use. I think it'd be a really cool, helpful thing for, and then with an API, you know, if somebody wants to do something crazy with their own talks or whatever, more power to them. Yeah. Great. Um, I actually, oh, another feature that, sorry, that I really want to, I'm kind of excited about is um, like private linking. So mm, you can generate yes. a link for your abstract and share it with some friends to get some feedback without exposing it to the world. Yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. Actually, um, today, this morning, um, I finally got around to making a abstracts folder on Dropbox and actually writing them down. So I've been like copying and pasting bits from here and there. And yeah. I've been I've been recycling the same talk for the whole last year, which I've never done before. Um, but I've because usually I do one talk, I do it once, and then I do something else next year. Um, but this year, I've done the same one talk over and over again, and I, I keep changing the abstract a little bit as it grows. And then I have like different versions here and there. And sometimes after you submitted them, you can't get them back from the system because they turn it off. Yeah. Um, and this year is actually, it, well, today was the first day that I've submitted like three or four different talks. So this time I saved all of those talks. So I don't have to write them again. And, and I've, just, I've just got text files. And I was thinking I'm going to have to put these into Git so that when I change them, I can version them a bit. And that all sounds awful. So if you guys can hurry the hell up and make that web app, then uh, that'd be great. We, we've got code already, so we're we're definitely moving in that direction. So there is code, and there also um, for anyone listening or for you fellas, um, a couple of the features that we have on the books right now for version one and version two came from talking to speakers. So if there's a feature that you want, um, you should definitely let us know because yeah. you know we're building it. So I'm going to trust Kayla that you take really good notes during those conversations because I am the most unorganized person when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I let Skype take my notes and then okay. I turn it over to Trello. Okay. That, that's what I would do. You did a really good job on the initial Trello card. So I'm like, okay, good. Cause if only yeah. I could create like something to parse my Skype messages and automatically create those Ooh. cards. That'd be great. Maybe we, we could work on that after dossier. 
That's, that's definitely version two. That's version two. Uh, ben, do you have any services or things to, to recommend this week? Yeah, I'm going to actually uh, go for our buddy and uh, old guest, Lee Tingum, has a new product out. He was, uh, he was on the show before because he's kind of the serial entrepreneur. He launches like a new product a week, practically. This one is called Sideswell. It's uh, S-I-D-E-S-W-E-L-L.com. Um, it's a, uh, like a side work, uh, side project management tool. kind of lets you, uh, you know, get feedback from friends, keep, keep them in the loop, get some kind of motivation to keep going. It's pretty cool. Um, he's also working on some kind of offers to keep your streaks going and make some points um, to really just kind of keep you motivated. I know in my side projects, I get like really super excited at first and then like a month in, call iron off 4.0 or whatever the fuck it is now. <laughs> I get really, really bored and Just don't uh, I don't follow through. Yeah. Amen, so brother. sideswell.com, check it out. Maybe it'll help us all. I just signed up. That's awesome. Um, so my my thing of the week or episode is uh, we need to get an actual name for this segment because I'm always just like, if you know any stuff or things this time. Um, Let's call it Stuff or Things. Stuff or Things. Stuff or Things Weekly. Stuff or uh, Awesome words. And I keep saying this week like we record this on any, <laughs> like any sort of regular schedule. Like it's whenever the hell I happen to be not deported and near a microphone. Um, <laughs> anyway, team, TeamTreeHouse.com. They're not a sponsor. Uh, they they are a website where you can... It, it's very much like Code Academy. It is paid for. Um, but if you're already paying for something like Laracast, then maybe you consider paying for something like TeamTreeHouse.com as well, or maybe instead of. Um, it covers a lot more things than just PHP and, and uh, Laravel. But if you're trying to learn PHP from scratch, it's a really good system. So when your friends come to you and say, how do I learn PHP? You can send them to... Um, to teamtreehouse.com and it, it teaches you the very fundamental concepts of programming um, through through videos and screencasts that then have questions and code challenges so you can learn the fundamentals of generic programming learning about variables and switches um, it then teaches you um, you know HTML and CSS and how things fit together all the stuff that you've been learning for the last however many years it teaches you that from the ground level if I had this 14 15 years ago I would be much, much better at HTML and CSS than I am now. That would make um, you eight. Uh, I'm 26. I made websites when I was 11 and 12. Okay. I, so. thought, you were, I thought you were younger than that. <laughs> but uh, no, I was uh, back in the days of front page. I was hacking shit together and it was terrible. But um, genuinely, it's, it's a really useful product. Um, they've got a lot of useful PHP content. They've got Python. They've got Ruby. They've got iOS. They've got Swift. They've got all that stuff. So... Go over there, it's like 10 bucks or something, and you can learn a whole bunch of code. So have a look at Team Treehouse. Uh, and on that cool. note, I think we are uh, I think we can wrap this turd up. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone, for episode 31. Hope you have a, a good week. 2, 4, 28, however long it takes us to put another episode out. Catch you next time. See you guys. Bye. Adios.